Hey everyone, this is the Professor Rick Del Santo of the PWZ Podcast. If you're interested in professional wrestling of the independent kind, the National Wrestling Alliance, and the United Wrestling Network, check us out on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to professional wrestling podcasts. Shocking babies. Hello and welcome to Shocking Things, episode 24. I am with Rick Del Santo from PWZ Podcast. How are you doing, Rick? Great tonight. How are you, sir? Very good. Uh, this is going to be a fun subject, in my opinion. I know you love the subject, too. Ninjas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be Ninja November. This whole month, we're just going to have episodes about ninja films. Uh, it's not going to be about turkeys or cranberry sauce. It's just going to be about <laughs> nunchucks and throwing stars. <laughs> right? It was very popular when we were kids in the 80s growing up. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So the first film we're going to discuss is Enter the Ninja from 1981. Uh, like you said, ninjas were all the rage in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both grew up, we love martial arts films, but our generation was the ninja generation. Did you get used to get the magazines they used to sell? Yes. Like the, uh, they used to sell the, um, the, Black the stars. Black Belt yeah, was the, one of them. Uh, yeah, they the, sold the, the stars yes. and stuff like that. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, I, I used to love that stuff. Uh, I I used to have the foam nunchucks. My mother wouldn't yep. buy me the throwing stars. Uh, we used to go to, remember, flea markets also have all the, the swords. You could buy all the ninja gear, you know, the boots, all that stuff. Uh, yep. uh, a friend of mine had uh, the throwing stars. We'd throw it in the sheetrock. That was a lot of fun. His mom didn't like it, though. <laughs> but... Uh, and all the pop culture, too, like uh, G.I. Joe, uh, like the Snake Eyes character first, when they, uh, they first came out in the file card, said he was uh, into, mentioned martial arts, like Kung Fu. And then once ninjutsu got popular, the next version, then he became a ninja all of a sudden. And then they created Storm Shadow, that character. Then there's Teenage yep. Mutant Ninja Turtles. And there's a video game, Shinobi. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Was that for Nintendo? I uh, might have been Genesis, possibly. Okay. Okay. But yeah, just to paint the picture for someone who didn't grow up in the 80s, it was huge back then. Um, so, and also, uh, Rick and I, we were talking about the uh, Ninja films probably, what, like a month or two months ago? We just, yeah, just a discussion. Uh, Rick and I used to work at a video store, too. Uh, this is how I, I knew Rick loved ninja films. He was very excited. There's a Michael Dudikoff section in Tommy K's, the video store we worked in. 
he's a legendary martial artist, you know. Yeah. And uh, he was in a lot of movies, and uh, I don't feel like he got enough attention. I mean, no. you know, it, it was like a lot of the movies that he was in were primarily B films. I don't think he yeah. really went went mainstream. So no, yeah, no, I, no. I was terribly excited. You're right. <laughs> So, okay, so we'll talk a little bit about Enter the Ninja. It was directed by Menem Golan. He was part owner of the legendary Canning Group, which made this film. Golan worked with Roger Corman when he was younger, another one of Rick's favorites. That's another, yeah. And uh, Golan directed such films as The Delta Forest and Over the Top. It's written by the uh, screen story by Dick Desmond. His only writing credits Enter the Ninja. The screenplay is by Mike Stone. His only credits are Enter the Ninja and Tiger Shark. Director uh, Manem Golan also had a part in the screenplay that is uncredited. And some of his credits include The Delta Force, Sahara, Going Bananas, and Oy Vey, My Son is Gay. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of that one. Pays to do this research, right? Yeah, it does. So the cast, uh, Cole is played by Franco Nero, who I refer to as the Italian Chuck Norris. Do you agree, Rick? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's <laughs> with the mustache. He, yeah, he is thick, very thick convincing. Mustache. Yeah. Uh, he has like a huge resume, actually. A lot of Italian right. films. Uh, some of the films he appeared in were Die Hard 2, Django Unchained, and John Wick Chapter 2. Marianne is played by Susan George. Uh, some of her credits are Mandingo and Straw Dogs. Asagawa was played by Shokusigi. I loved him when I was a kid. Um, uh, he's one of the biggest ninja stars in the cinematic craze of the 80s. And we're talking about the magazines and stuff. I remember mm-hmm. as a kid, they had the Shokusigi fan club. Oh, nice. I, I always wanted to, to join that, never did. And they used to sell the plastic Shokusigi swords and eye patch set. So uh, I'm, I'm still, I actually look for that on eBay every once in a while. I can never find it. So hopefully I'll come across it one day. I'm sure at some point you'll be able to get yeah. <laughs> able yeah. to come across that. Um, uh, see, he's, he's most known for Enter the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, Ninja 3 The Domination, and the TV series The Master. Okay. Uh, Venerius is played by Christopher George. Uh, some of his credits include Mortuary Pieces and the TV series Rat Patrol. Frank was played by Alex Courtney. Uh, Courtney's resume is mostly appearances on television shows. Some are Kojak, The Bionic Woman, Charlie's Angels, and Hill Street Blues. Dollars is played by Will Here. Some of his credits include Back to the Future, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and The Rose. The Hook, a great character, is portrayed by Zaki Noy. Noy appeared in uh, numerous films shot in Israel. Mr. Parker was played by Constantine Gregory. Some of his credits include Goldeneye, Shanghai Nights, and Wonder Woman 1984. Master Komori, played by Dale Ishimoto. Some of his credits include Ninja 3, The Domination, and Beverly Hills Ninja with Chris Farley. You remember that, Rick? <laughs> I, do, I do remember he's a ninja, He really is a ninja master then. I guess so. <laughs> All right. So, so, so the synopsis of the film is, after passing a ninja master test in Japan, Cole visits a war buddy in the Philippines. He helps him fight men who want his buddy's plantation. So, Rick, I'm going to let you talk about some of your favorite scenes in sequential order, and we'll just kind of discuss them. Before I get into that, can I tell you how much like Frank looks like uh, Art Garfunkel? No, <laughs> no. The hair the hair reminds me of someone, uh, but I, I wasn't thinking that. Okay, no, that's that's pretty good, though. That's, that's what I was thinking of the entire time. I was wondering, was this filmed... 
I mean, I know it's filmed, you know, uh, but was this was this an American film? Because it no. seems like, because at points it seems like it's overdubbed. And it it's just... uh, I'll actually we'll go if you want. Well, I can talk a little bit about that now. This was okay. filmed. It was filmed in the Philippines. That part, yeah. yeah. And uh, the opening sequence I read was actually in Japan, where they go to that temple. That's the one scene that was in Japan, and it's the okay. only one out of the the series of these ninja films these trilogies that are loosely connected, the only one that was not shot in the United States. Okay. And Frank Nero, uh, he was overdubbed uh, the character. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I knew that it wasn't, Cole. yeah, I knew that it wasn't matching up for some reason. I was like, am I yeah, going crazy? So, but, yeah. No, no. So his, the Cole characters from Texas and Nero couldn't master an American or Texas accent. <laughs> That's so, yeah. So it's good that you brought that up. But, you know, I hadn't seen this movie for since I was a kid. I haven't seen it, it was, in years. Yeah. So it was like when you asked me, you know, if I wanted to do this and I was like, oh, sure. It's like, I don't ever remember this, like not matching up. Then again, I probably didn't see it. I probably watched it yeah, in like, 1984 or something. Yeah, yeah. You're not thinking that at the time. Yeah. So we're, I'll let you go in order, Rick. Some of your favorite scenes that we'll, we'll talk about. Well, one of my favorite things now, like in the movie, was the elaborate fight scene in the beginning of the movie that you were just speaking of. Uh you know, and then uh, where where Frank is the white ninja going through the woods, uh, and he's going after you know the red ninjas, and then the uh, what was his name, uh, show, yeah, you know, they, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, and they meet at the end of the fight, and this goes about a good ten or fifteen minutes, I guess. Yes, you know? yeah, thirteen minutes, and there's no yeah. dialogue the whole time, and yeah. the action scenes are great. I think during this, it's shot very nice. Yeah, the scenery. Yeah, so then he ends up beating show, and then he, you know, gives him the option surrender or die, and yes, he actually surrenders, which I was surprised at. And then you know mm-hmm. they enter, they enter the um, the temple after that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Do you know? Remember what happens first before he enters the temple? Master Komori, uh, he de- he decapitates Master Komori. Yes, but it was. Um... Yes, we got tricked. He really didn't yeah. decapitate him. Yeah, it was a. It was a. <laughs> he dummy. enters the temple later. Yeah, holding the dummy head. Yeah. So at first I thought it was somebody and then when he chopped it off it looked uh, entirely fake. It yeah. did. Yeah. It did. So uh, that was intentional I guess. Okay. Uh, what's next? Rick? What what else did you like about that? Uh where where um Sho Kasugi is arguing with the um the master that uh Frank is no ninja that they were arguing sitting there. And he did not uh, agree that he was a ninja because he was, uh, I'm assuming, because he was uh, of American descent. They didn't say that he was a Westerner, yeah. but right. it, it was I, that's exactly what it seemed implied to me. But they didn't actually say that. Right. Uh, yeah, he was drinking. Uh, they were still drinking hot sake, but Hasegawa didn't want. He didn't want to drink it and celebrate it. Um, He's, and uh, supposedly he was frustrated. There's no samurai ninja in Japan in the 20th century. That's what Master Komori. That's what his explanation is about it. Right. Oh, the other thing I want to mention. We'll backtrack a little bit about the scene uh, where where Cole enters the uh, the temple. Mm-hmm. If, did you notice? Uh, this is something that caught my eye when he's going under the bridge. He first he jumps off the cliff into the water mm-hmm. to get there. Then he, when he comes out, his uh, his clothes are dry. Yeah. Then he goes under a bridge of water, and he comes out, his clothes are dry again. <laughs> that's a classic. It's classic American movie making. Yeah. Like in, the so, 80, in the eighties, you know. 
All right. So what's next, Rick? Um, well, he meets up with Frank. He's at the, you know, he's in his land and uh, mm-hmm. his, his Frank's was his girlfriend or wife pulls yes. the gun on him. And then he, you know, oh, no, he's here. You know, they're here to, uh, you know, it's his old buddy. And she doesn't know. Yeah, She has no yeah. idea. She just yeah. thinks some guys, like, you know, break into their, their property, like, well, you know. Hopping the over the fence. Yeah, he's just hopping over the fence, not ringing the doorbell or or knocking on the fence or anything like that. But uh, Frank obviously is suffering from alcoholism uh, after you know of years. And at ten o'clock in the morning, when Frank uh, Cole arrives, he wants to have a drink. And then he's like, "I don't," you know. She's like, "Do you have to have a drink this early in the morning?" He's like, "I don't have to. I choose to." So uh, Frank is choosing to be an alcoholic. I just thought this was good. some of the lines in this movie are hilarious, and this is uh, yes, this is definitely and, one of them. And before he goes into the house, and Marianne doesn't know who he is, she's like patting him down. She mm-hmm. has a rifle. He turns her around, and then he gives her a kick in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like comical the way it was done. Right. Right. All right. What's next, yeah. Rick? Um, well, they go to the, this is a lot of the move, like the, my top scenes in this movie are basically in the, you know, the, probably the first half hour, 45 minutes or so. Um, so now they go into, you know, Frank's plantation or wherever, you know, and just a few minutes after, you know, they go inside and Frank wants one of his workers to set up a cockfight for Cole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was just, <laughs> and they yeah, were really, really excited. Yeah, they were really, really into cockfighting and excited. And this was just really, really hilarious to me. I don't know why I thought this was so funny, but it's... Uh... It just felt random, but apparently I was reading this was big in the Philippines at the time, so this was just yeah. normal, so it, it was accurate. Really? Wow. So mm-hmm. the uh, the next one is when they actually go into town. They bring... Uh, the, the lady brings uh, Cole into town, and they run into that stranger. <laughs> <laughs> this is really funny because he opens up his jacket. He's like, "Hey, you want to buy dirty pictures?" Yeah, he has yeah, like these nude like what like four yeah. by six photos in his jacket, and then the other yeah. side he opens. If you don't like that, yes. I got crosses. He's like, are, "Are you or are you the religious type?" Yeah, like a like a salesman. Yes, yeah. Which that, this guy yeah. this guy ended up being a pretty important part of the movie. Uh, yeah, later on. Yeah, later you thought on. he was just a goofball, but yeah, yeah. And then he ends up being like part of their team uh, going against the guy that's trying to. You know, take yeah, his land. Veneris, yeah. The, yes. That's the, the leader yep. of them. Yep. All right. What else, Rick? Uh, the fight scene on the property shortly after. I thought that that was a pretty good one. Okay. Uh, this I was kind of confused. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they have one of the workers, like the Veneris henchmen, have a guy. They're beating him up, and then Marianne tries to stop it. Then she gets punched. Yep. And then Cole, you know, beats them up. And then he uses as a weapon, is it like a stool and it gets like thrown in the guy's stomach and it just sticks in his stomach? Yeah, I think it was broken and it was like, you know, the edge of it got thrown into the stomach. And then I mean, okay. Cole, Cole really, you know, took out probably about a dozen men, <laughs> you know, yeah, or, yeah. or so. And he um, literally threw, like you said, that stool and then he threw something else at a guy. And it and it stuck in him as well. I don't. There was like two things like that, and uh, it's just a really bloody scene for Cole just taking out these guys. All right, what's next, Rick? Uh, this is going to be my last one that I have on the list. Is the okay. fight the fight scene in the bar? And, okay. Uh, 
this was really funny how the uh was it the henchman you know uh what'd you call him hook oh yeah yeah mr hook right yeah uh, and then the uh tall guy that's with him and frank really takes out the tall guy and whoever else is around and then he takes the hook and sticks it into the pole <laughs> he's like he says hang around i'll be back yeah, so, and he does uh Cole when he's when he's fighting the henchman, he does this double mule kick at yes. the same time hitting yes. them in the face like um Yeah, so that that was that was that was uh, pretty hilarious. Yeah. All right. So if you want I'll continue and, and sure. um, later on there's a scene where Cole rips the hook off of him. Yeah. And had a comical music playing mm-hmm. during it, which was and so weird, and the blood's like coming out of the, like, the stomp. He goes, "Here, you forgot something." And he throws it. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, "Ow, my hand," or whatever yeah. he says. <laughs> um, this was another like just random when uh, Frank was drinking, talking to Cole, uh, saying, uh, "I can't get it up for a lady," <laughs> and he wants to get stoned out of his mind. Yeah, we're talking about Mary, and she's beautiful, but I can't get it up for a lady. It's like, all right, that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> then he lets, uh, I just also thought it was, came out of nowhere that he let Frank sleep with his wife as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Cole, yeah, he does, I call it the naked ninjutsu honor later on. <laughs> right. And then he, um, on top of that, he gets mad at her afterwards for falling for Cole. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah, very, very strange. Um, yeah. And the Venerius character couldn't believe that, uh, that Cole could take out 20 men by himself. Uh, another, a, yeah, a yeah. There's a Parker, uh, like his like his second hand, really, right? Would you say like his uh, right hand man called yeah, Cole Ninja? The, yeah, he became his sidekick, basically walking around with the guns. He knew things in town, you know. Yeah, all that kind. Of, he 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 was like the guy that had, that knew information in town about whatever you know the bums and the, you know the, the yeah, so, the mobsters and stuff. Yeah, so Veneris tells Parker to go to Japan to get a ninja of his own. So then Parker he flies and he he gets uh, Hasegawa, who we talked about earlier, Shokushigi. Uh, then he uh, he breaks into Frank's house, ties up Marianne, he slits Frank's throat in front of her, burns a village where the workers are. Yeah, so it, it's it's getting uh, starting to amp up at this point, and. We then go, we have a lot of different scenes, but this is towards the end. And uh, this is where Cole goes into Venera's, basically, uh, what do you call his uh, his headquarters? Yep. He starts killing people left and right. He he kills two guys with side swords at the same time, just throws them at their stomach, a handful of spikes in a guy's face, blow darts. Yeah, that was like not. Yeah, this was, yeah, that was basically, you know, it was like Rambo going in there, just taking everybody yeah. out kind of yeah. thing. Like, if you, yeah. for anybody that's never seen this movie. Yeah. Uh, throwing star at a guy's forehead. Uh, Parker's holding Marianne, and Cole shoots an arrow in his arm, and Marianne runs away. This is a great line when, when we're talking about lines. Parker, is, <laughs> he has an English accent. And he goes, I think I've been hurt, sir. <laughs> yes. And Cole yeah. says, if you want Parker alive, listen to me. Veneris said, who said I want him alive? And then he shoots him. And Parker says, but sir. <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah, and that was Parker. Then he, he dies. Uh, I felt bad. I like Parker. After after those lines, I do. I felt bad now. I like this guy. Yeah. Um, then Cole throws the, the throwing star in Veneris' stomach, and, and that's it. And then the final 
the third act of the, the showdown, Hasegawa versus Cole. And they do this before they, they fight. They do uh, this ninja. It's what's it called? Uh, Kuji Curry. It's a nine. nine do you remember this? At the, when we went to the temple at the beginning of the film. Ninja's nine levels of power. Rin, strength of mind and body. Kaio, direction of energy. Toe, harmony of the universe. Sha, healing of self and others. Kai, premonition of danger. Jin, knowing the thoughts of others. Retsu, mastery of time and space. Zai, control the elements of nature. And Zen, enlightenment. So they both do this with their their hands, these motions, mm-hmm. where they fight. And then uh, since Rick uh, does a wrestling podcast, we have to throw in a wrestling reference. Uh, Cole throws salt uh, and has to go his eyes like Mr. Fuji would to throw him <laughs> off right at the beginning. Did you notice that, Rick? Yeah, yeah. Cole reverses uh, the spike pole and stabs Hasegawa. Uh, Hasegawa says Cole won with honor. And this is something you don't really see a hero do. Usually it's like, okay, well, they they let the villain live. And Cole mm-hmm. just decapitates him. He's like, oh, no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it had been so long since I'd seen this movie that yeah. I didn't actually think, he, like, you know, I don't remember a lot of things, you know, about this movie. So I didn't think it was actually going to happen. I was like, oh, shit. He really yeah, took I remember. Him out. Yeah, yeah. Ninja Three Dominations one I've seen numerous times out of these. So I haven't seen this movie in probably twenty five years. So I totally forgot about that. Yeah, uh, I think the most common one was the second one that I've seen. Uh, the most okay. Yeah. So uh, and then now at the end of the film, uh, Cole tells uh, Marianne, "Do you remember this line the, that he says to her at the end of the film? I don't know if this, this stuck with you. It stuck with me. He goes, Marianne, I'll be back." when he was leaving yeah. so did arnold steal his line that that's my question well this is about three years prior to the first so terminator it's very, very, very possible that he yeah that, uh, yep. james cameron was watching this right yep <laughs> so, ninja movies were big back in that day so you never know <laughs> so uh so if you want i'll just go over some of the some some of the trivia about the film we're talking sure. before frank frank nero's voice is dubbed Cole is from Texas, and Nero couldn't master American or Texas accent. This is widely considered the movie that popularized ninjutsu during the 1980s. It was actually the second major English-language ninja film in the 1980s. The first was The Octagon in 1980. Hmm. Uh, this was the first of three ninja movies in Canon's ninja series. The others are Revenge of the Ninja, 1983, and Ninja 3 The Domination, 1984. Both sequels were unrelated in terms of story. Canon also went to make American Warrior in 1985, which spawned its own five-movie series. There is no spoken dialogue in the first 13 minutes of the film. The only film in the series to be shot outside the United States. The film's fight-to-death finale was shot in a real-life cockfighting ring in the Philippines. The, The film's title was chosen because it was thought... It would connect and cash in a popularity of the earlier martial arts box office hit Enter the Dragon from 1973, which totally makes sense because I always get confused with this when I, even when I was writing notes down, I kept calling it Enter the Dragon. Like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I went, to, I went to go bring up some notes on IMDb uh, just a few minutes before we started and I kept typing in Enter the Ninja. I'm like, this isn't the movie. Why is it, why is it not coming up? Then it, yeah. you know, then it clicked. I was like, oh, it's a wrong movie. <laughs> That's why. Yes. <laughs> Uh, what else? Um, after seeing three days worth of dailies that were shot 
which uh, Golan felt were boring, he fired original director Emmett Alston and took over the project himself. The movie is widely believed to have been totally shot in the Philippines, but some was shot in, J- shot in Japan, which I told you at the beginning. When I looked at that, I was like, that totally looks like Japan. Yeah. The, you know, the whole temple scene. So um, this is the first of the uh, Ninja November series, right, Rick? So yep. Revenge of the Ninja will be next? Yes. That's the one that I watched the most. I'm hoping that I okay. remember it. You know, okay. when I was a kid, I remember renting that movie so many times as a kid going to, like, my grandmother's house or, you know, when we'd go to the video store. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, these are uh, – yeah, they're – it's just funny how in the past year we're getting more and more into these again. So that's uh, good. That's good because you know I love martial arts movies and uh, I do stick to them. Anytime like Enter the Dragon comes on, I always sit there and I will watch that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and like I said, the ninja movies were very popular in the I guess early to mid eighties. So you know they're always oh, fun yeah. to watch. You know, and oh, then, of course great. if you have Michael Dudikoff, you know, yeah, see yeah, down the road, but we'll talk about those definitely. Absolutely. All right, Rick, anything uh, you want to plug? No, if you guys are pro wrestling fans, and uh, just check out my podcast, PWZ Podcast. We're on YouTube and everywhere else. Uh, we're looking to be bringing in some really good guests coming up soon. So uh, just check us out. If you like uh, AEW, MLW, anything like that, the NWA, uh, not so much WWE. So uh, just check us out if you're into that stuff. Oh, Rick, uh, before you go, I just want to ask you, uh, we usually do the Deadite Scale. A scale one to five. Uh, this time, since Ninja Movie, we're going to scale it uh, with the throwing stars. Uh, one being the worst, five being the best. On a scale of one to five throwing stars, what do you give this film? I'd have to give it a three. Uh, I really enjoyed it, but you know, it definitely was not the uh, greatest film of the uh, era. None of the era, but I'm I'm just kind of going on the uh, Ninja. Uh, grading scale. So I'm going to give it four throwing stars. Uh, lots of good action, some good acting, some not so good acting, but uh, some good special effects, some not so good special effects. Uh, but overall, right. I'm going to give it four throwing stars. All right. That's a good rating. Yeah. Okay. And as Cole said, I'll be back. To see photos and links about each subject we discuss in each episode, please go to anchor.fm slash shocking things. That has all of our episodes and links to our social media, as well as a link to the Shocking Things store.